Keep America great. I know a predator when I see one. They want to defund the police. I will draw on the best of us. Republicans reject science. Four more years of... Hello and welcome to the Debated Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Will. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by John Paul Moran, uh, who is the Republican candidate for Massachusetts 6th Congressional District. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, so the first question uh, that I'd like to ask is, what made you decide um, to stand as a Republican candidate uh, for Massachusetts? Well, I could never be a, a socialist, so the Democrat Party could never, was, would never be in consideration for me. Um, I believe in uh, liberty, unity, and opportunity for all. Um, I consider today's Democrat Party very different from the John F. Kennedy Party of years ago. Um, I would probably, I might even be a Democrat if John F. Kennedy wasn't assassinated, his legacy continued. Uh, but unfortunately, it's taken a very hard left turn. And in, in America, left means uh, radical uh, socialism, basically. Um, so I decided to run because uh, it's the idea is, if not me, who? And if not now, when? I'm a uh, small business owner, former uh, one-time MIT scientist. I designed a space telescope um, at MIT Lincoln Laboratory here in Massachusetts for the uh, U.S. Air Force. Uh, and I've, I've run a number of businesses, including a surfing brand. Um, we had surfing videos being filmed in Australia. Uh, and, uh, and I'm so a very, very uh, a small business owner, very entrepreneurial. And I saw the terrible things going on in Washington, in my state, in my district, in my country from inept, terrible leadership. And I said, you know, I, I, enough to sitting and watching and complaining, I'm going to run and, and help fix things. Um, how much do you think your particular um, uh, brand of republicanism is reflected by uh, President Trump? Would you say that you're on the same sort of like wavelength in terms of, of, of uh, republicanism or, or are there any sort of like differences between uh, his idea of the, the Republican Party and yourselves and yours? Well, that's a big question. Um, it's definitely a combination. I always say uh, policy before personality. So while I may be from New Jersey and Trump is from New York and there's a certain amount of fast talking and fast moving in business, like, like I'm a small business owner, I'm not worth billions like Donald Trump was when he came to office. Um, but uh, I think you know, my personality is very different. I would never talk the way he does. I don't like the way he talks. I don't like the way he gets in arguments and fires off tweets um, to people that are nobody's compared to the president of the United States. I think that's crazy. Um, and I don't like all of his policies. I'm gay. And I think it's a, he's got a 50-50 mix on his record of gay LBGTQ rights. So there's a number of things that um, I don't um, align with. Um, however, on the big picture, he is idea of uh, a kind of America first, every country should be their country first. It's common sense. You have a house, you have a family, you put your own family before others. It's just human nature, right? So I think you should uh, be proud of your own country um, and you should, uh, I believe in free markets. I don't believe in dictator economics like the, the, the Democrats. I believe in Donald Trump's version of securing our borders. I believe in Donald Trump's version of, uh, or I say President Donald Trump's version of, um, of a number of things when it comes to you know uh, education, uh, educational choice. There's so many things that I do align with. Um, there's far more things I align with with President Trump than with the Democrats. Um, however, I'm not what's called a Trump acolyte. I don't say everything he does, I follow. I, I, I will disagree when I disagree. I, 
I already disagree on a number of things, especially gay rights. I will be loud and clear about that. Um, now, uh, you mentioned obviously how you feel about the, uh, the Democratic Party in the United States. Why do you think uh, at the moment uh, Joe Biden is leading President Trump in uh, not just national polls, but uh, polls in uh, states, in some uh, swing states in particular? I think, uh, I think those polls are false. I don't think there's any way our country will elect a man who doesn't come out of his basement, who's got the clearly the signs of dementia. He doesn't know what he eat for breakfast. He doesn't know where he is. He can't make it through a full sentence without a teleprompter. The man is an empty shell and he's a very, very dangerous empty shell. And I, the only, what Democrats are playing is this, it's on politics, I know how it works. There's different ways you can play it. They're playing 100% make Donald Trump toxic and then they'll vote for Joe Biden. But no, there's no enthusiasm for Joe Biden at all. Their whole game is they own the media. They own the 80, 90% of the media. They own 90% plus of college professors. They own Hollywood. They own sports. They feel like they can push their agenda so hard, right or wrong, that people will just vote for Biden, who is the worst potential presidential candidate in U.S. history, bar none. And then his second is Kamala Harris, who's, who's just as bad as, as, as he is awful. I mean, open borders, socialism, um, race riots, they're pushing racial division. It's just they're the worst, worst candidates in the history of our country. But the far left has taken control of the Democrat Party. And it's very, very far left radical party. And they're just hoping that people will hate Donald Trump so much that they'll vote for their crazy crackpot um, team of Biden-Harris. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned um, uh, Vice President Biden, some of his uh, uh, the issues that people have raised about his um, cognition and his uh, ability to communicate. How do you think that that will impact on the debates? Well, I can't wait till the debates because I don't know how Joe Biden, I mean, you've heard the story that in, in, in any, any kind of, the guy is out. I mean, he doesn't do, talk, he, he had nine days so far in the past couple of weeks where he, he, he pulled out of, of, of getting on in public. He never talks to, the, to, to, to reporters directly. The reporters are on his side, so they give him very softball questions when they do. He's not cog- his cognitive ability is gone. You can't run the free world with your finger on the nuclear button, right? With a guy that's <laughs> who's mentally incapacitated, on top of being a far left radical, he's he's mentally incapacitated. So I just can't wait to see that because I think the the, the people will see the truth and will say, you know what? I'll hold my nose if I don't like Donald Trump's personality, but if you look at the policies. The reason why they're not talking, because their policies are, are horrendous. That's why Seth Moulton, my competitor, won't debate me. Because no sane, rational person would say, I want communism that killed 150 million people last century, not free markets that made America great. I want wide open borders, unlike every place in the world, right? And let people come in that might want to do damage, terrorism, disease, MS-13 gangs, right? No rational person wants all of those terrible things that Democrats are talking about. So they keep their mouths shut and they think by hiding, they do better in the polls. As soon as they open their mouths, they go down in the polls. That tells you something. Uh, you, you mentioned, um, obviously, the uh, vast amounts of people who have died from communism. Of course, a lot of people have also died um, in the United States from uh, coronavirus. I think it's about 200,000 uh, plus at, uh, at the moment. Oh, no, no, that's not correct. No, that's not correct. Uh, 94% of people had two and a half comorbidities and the average age was 82. 
So the, what it is, it's, it's, it's something called a, I, every life is precious, but it's, it's more of a death accelerator. It's not, there's a big difference between 80, being 82 with two and a half on average comorbidities. It means you're dying from almost three things already. And then coronavirus is horrendous and it does accelerate the, it may be a factor, but if you look at the total numbers of people that died in our country from last year to this year, it's nearly the same. It's, it's not as bad as they're saying it is because only 6% died only from coronavirus, which is a very low number. So you have to understand there's a difference between dying with comorbidities and dying as a healthy young adult. You'll, you're more likely to die from pneumonia or the flu than you are from coronavirus um, if, you're, if you're young and healthy. So it's very, it's, it's, that's fake news. I mean, it's bad people dying, but it's not the same thing as, as a young person dying from, from uh, you know, the, the flu. Or just, or just, or just on that issue, even take uh, leaving the um, amount of people who have died aside. How do you think he has dealt with it? Because obviously there has been criticism relating uh, both to the um, amount of people who've died, whether you're saying it's solely uh, because of that or uh, other issues, and to the amount of people who have tested positive. How do you think he's handled it? Spectacularly, I'll say this: the reality is that in America, the two states have ultimate rule over their, the, the governors, it, it, the people off, out of our country don't understand. The, gov, the, you know, the president of the United States does not have full domain of our country. You see different states doing different things. Um, you look at Sweden and you look at Taiwan, they had, I believe they had no, very, very, very low death rates. They didn't shut down any of their businesses or schools. They, uh, they were smart with, with securing people that were older and sick, uh, that were vulnerable. Not in the beginning. Um, Sweden had some problems with that in the very beginning but then they got it down. So when you look at it, um, in our country, I think their challenges were that uh, we had 50 different governors doing 50 different things. I think what could have been better is if everybody started wearing uh, masks earlier and socially distanced a little bit earlier, and we might not need to even shut down our businesses. But what happened is they kept the businesses down, shut down so long that I think the deaths from the shutdown are going to, there's lots of evidence that the deaths from the shutdown are going to far exceed the deaths from coronavirus. From, for a whole bunch of reasons, diseases that weren't taken care of, alcoholism, suicides, people out of work. There's just so much. There's going to be so much more dead. So I believe, if anything, um, I would have seen, I would like to see President Trump be, be more aggressive about trying to keep the economy open, but safeguarding the vulnerable and not going after like Grover Cuomo, who probably should be arrested for war crime, you know, for human rights crime, the way he stuffed uh, people in, in, in nursing homes, the sick people in nursing homes, and basically killed off, I don't know, 10,000 people in the nursing homes and did and, and was more obsessed about young people, you know, uh, putting masks on outside. I mean, the, the priorities were completely messed up. Uh, but going back to what President Trump did, he stopped travel from China early on and everybody called him a racist for it. So, no, he did a lot of good things. I think I disagree with some of the things he did. I think he could have reacted faster in some ways. But you can't put it all on Trump because ultimately the governors are the ones making those decisions. The, the president didn't have a lot to do with those decisions about the shutdowns. Do you think that um, the way that coronavirus has been implemented at the uh, uh, social distancing and, and, and coronavirus safety measures, do you think they've been implemented well at the president's rallies? Or do you think that there could be more emphasis on ensuring that there is social distancing and people wearing face masks at his rallies? Well, this is the bottom line of this, okay? The left, this is how bad the media is. They will go and have people grabbed by the thousands for Black Lives Matter and Antifa uh, peaceful protests. 
I forget the number, but a majority of these protests did include violence. It's a lie to say they're all peaceful protests. They're funded. Um, there's funding from far left groups um, funding these, you know, b- 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 piles of bricks show up at these things. Oh, come on. Like we all we all know all Americans know that these things are this is orchestrated by the Democrat Party, by the Joe Biden um, supporters and to get Trump out, to make the, the, the country look chaotic. And it's okay for them to go and riot, loon, loot, and, and, and even kill and shoot cops and everything. But that's okay, because that's a march for freedom, according to Seth Moulton, my competitor. Um, so people have no right to criticize a Trump rally when the left authorizes sanctions and promotes riots in the streets with thousands of people. So it's just nonsense. The other thing is, they test. I've been. To, I've been to. I've been. I, I didn't go, but I've had people that that have, I went to one one event because I, as a uh, as a guest, and, and they check your temperature. They make sure they ask you to wear a mask. They tell people to socially distant. They kept everybody when I went. They kept everybody set, you know far apart from each other, and 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 so I think they're following reasonable guidelines. And people are adults, and if you're sick, don't go. And if you are sick, you know. You're taking your own life and your own hands and if you want to go. But again, if you look at the, the deaths from car crashes and pneumonia and the flu um, and all these other things, it's you have a more, better chance of falling down the steps and dying than getting coronavirus and dying if you're under the age of 60 without any sicknesses. So people have to calm down. I think they, 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 they're fretting about it over, over you know, uh, then there's the whole thing with your herd immunity. And I think Sweden's getting to herd immunity. They didn't shut anything down. It might be the old fashioned way of getting to herd immunity is not a bad idea. I think there is some merit to that as long as you're protecting the elderly and the, the people that are vulnerable. Uh, I'm fine with it as long as people are going voluntarily, they're taking temperatures and they're telling people to wear masks. If they don't, that's, that's up to them. Yeah. Um, now, one of the other issues that uh, has been linked with President Trump and is something that will be coming uh, towards a resolution soon is Brexit, Britain uh, leaving the European Union. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think if President Trump is re-elected that he will work well with Britain outside of the European Union, work well to have a, a strong free trade agreement? Or do you think that that's not something that is necessarily a priority for him? Well, I think he's got a lot of priorities right now, which is staying elected. <laughs> We've got it. I mean, the reality is, as I tell people, you may not like Pre- Tr- President Trump's personality or, or some of his policies, but my God, you look at the, the, you look at 50 priorities that President Trump has: lowering taxes, increasing business, getting jobs back from uh, from our enemies overseas. Right? A communist China caused the virus. Yes, we should bring our manufacturing back all we can. The Democrats are licking the boots of the communist Chinese. They won't criticize them. That's insanity. I mean, who has a competitor that unleashes a, a deadly disease on on your country? No matter what, if they didn't cause it intentionally, which they, they may or may not have, they definitely, definitely kept their mouth shut for weeks longer than they should have. They, they, there's estimates that 95% of the deaths worldwide would have been prevented if they were honest early on. So anyway, when it looks at, when, when you look at the big picture and, and then the, the Trump working with Great Britain, uh, I think he will. He's, he's tight with uh, the government there. He's a fan of Brexit. And I think for sure that's going to be a priority of President Trump. I, I'm, I'm sure it is. Um, now, one of the things that may uh, be somewhat of a, a difficulty in regard uh, to this is uh, a bill going through the um, House of Commons at the moment, the UK House of Commons at the moment, which is an internal uh, market bill, uh, which the European Union is, is, is claiming will harm the Good Friday Agreement, which, of course, the United States is a signatory to. 
And uh, both President Trump and the Democrats have said that uh, Great Britain, you know, shouldn't do anything to uh, endanger the Good Friday Agreement. Do you think even if Britain does something that may endanger the Good Friday Agreement, that President Trump may still want to work with Great Britain? Or do you think that that may give him pause for thought and, you know, it it might change the the, the situation in regards to a a free trade agreement? Well, I mean, if they back off of the, the Good Friday Accords, then I, I think that he should be, he should resist it and challenge it. So I would think that's going to affect it. I mean, whether it's going to change, what's going to change, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, I would think, um, you know, both parties are talking about that, both the Communist Party. And honestly, I think the, we have the American Party and the Socialist Party in America. I think we don't, you shouldn't call them Democrat and Republican anymore. I call it the Opportunity Party. I'm the Grand Opportunity Party. I think we should call the Republicans. Democrat Party, we should just call the Anti-American Socialist Party. But anyway, I, I think on your question, I think he probably will resist it. What he's going to do, I, I don't know. I mean, I hope no matter what, we work with, uh, with Great Britain and, and have a great trade, trade agreement with them, uh, with, 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 with that country, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, now, you mentioned, uh, and, and I think it's a phrase that you've used before, uh, that the GOP shouldn't be the grand old party, but the uh, grand opportunity party. As part of your campaign for uh, Congress, how are you focusing on the issue of opportunity? And, and what do you think you can offer uh, the electorate of Massachusetts in terms of opportunity? Well, this is the thing. I think every government, especially, most importantly, the American government, ought to offer opportunity as its primary um, goal. because. People don't just want to be animals in cages. You know, socialists, these crazy wingnuts here in our country are just obsessed with equality, equality, equality. I believe in equality at the starting line of a race. I don't believe in forced equality at the finish line. Democrats here and socialists are angry if someone's doing better than anybody else, if someone's more skilled than anybody else, if someone's taller or shorter, whiter, darker. They want everybody a gray-looking person, the same height, the same... No diversity. They're the anti-diversity party because they want everything the same. And that's not humanity. Humanity is striving to do better. And people come to America and they want, uh, you've heard, the land of opportunity, right? That's what we used to be. And that's what I'd like us to stay. So I believe an opportunity is the message. So I've got a, behind me in my podium, you see a five-point star. And I actually detailed out, this is a logo, the, the, the star is an O for opportunity and the five points star stand for personal opportunity which is constitutional rights and freedoms. Without that, you have nothing. If you don't have your freedoms, game over. I mean, you, you have nothing, right? Mm. So from there, economic opportunity, free market capitalism, not socialism, dictator economics, um, social opportunity. So social opportunity is a hand up, um, not a handout for life like the Democrats do. Um, and keep, keeping people dependent on government, as well as things like gay rights. Um, I'm all for that and finding a way to balance that with religious rights. And educational opportunity. Once again, the Democrats are on the wrong side on this. They do not, they want to keep kids in failing schools because the teachers unions um, that want that are Marxist, leftist, and they want to keep kids in failing schools. Free markets mean if your school's failing, you bring your kid out to a better school. You're, you shouldn't be your 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 life and your education shouldn't be determined by your zip code, right? Mm. So um, for educational choice, the national opportunity is um, things like protecting your borders, having a strong military, so. Your, your, your country survives and having police that you trust and you fund to keep you and your family safe, your community, your business, your family safe from, 
from robbing and killing and murder, right? And rape. And the Democrats are against that. They want to defund the police and, 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 and fund leftist groups that are burning our cities to the ground. So I'm for, you know, the, the five points of opportunity. People love my story. Young people, people of all backgrounds love the idea of government should be providing opportunity. And it shouldn't be doing things outside of that. It shouldn't be getting into controlling every aspect of your life or, you know, taxing you to death and redistributing your, your, your hard-earned money to people that didn't earn it. They shouldn't be dictating what you learn in school. They shouldn't be dictating, you know, how you live or what words you're allowed to say or not say. So I, I believe America was, it's, it's, it's the opposite of America. The Democrats are really trying to take America and turn it inside out and make it not America anymore. They want to take all the things that made America great and destroy it. So I'm for opportunity. And that's, that's my message is, is, is opportunity for all, depending on regardless of background, age, lifestyle, gender. I'm very, very diverse in my beliefs, but I don't believe that people that are diverse that come here want to live in a socialist country with no freedoms or rights. Uh, if you are elected to Congress, how do you think that you would be able uh, to achieve these particular things? I mean, have you got uh, in mind any particular uh, bills that you might want to put forward or any sort of uh, uh, amendments to the law that you think would be uh, positive things to amend? Yes. Yeah, so uh, my first hundred days, I want to do more than Joe Biden did in 47 years or that Seth Moulton did in six years would do in 47 more years. Um, I don't find any ingenuity or creativity or innovation in Congress today especially on the left. I just see more bills to control and tax, <laughs> control, tax, and take away your rights. That's what the Democrats want to do. I want to give people freedom to innovate. And so I have three things I want to do. Um, number one, I want to create the first defensive small business council. We have 20 to 30% of small businesses are destroyed and shut down for good in our country because of overarching um, extreme shutdowns. Uh, and when you look at fit, almost 50% of the people that work in our country work for small businesses, okay? It's insane how many people, are, with lifetimes, family restaurants, people have spent decades building their businesses, gone forever because some bureaucrat thinks that you can't sit people at a bar, but you can sit them outside. I mean, there's a lot of decisions that were made on the staff based on no science and destroyed businesses. So I believe we need to protect businesses, small businesses, and I want to form a coalition because the big businesses like Amazon and 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 uh, and and, um, and uh, Amazon and 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 su- su- Target and supermarkets they did fine, right? They did they did better than ever. Um, Target stores, others, uh, small businesses went out of business. It's not fair because they the big businesses have lobbying power, smalls don't. So I'm going to I'm going to create this coalition, and 50% of Americans will be part of this coalition. So that's number one. And the number two thing I'm going to create. Uh, did you ever hear of the Peace Corps? Yeah, of course. So the U.S. Opportunity Corps. The U.S. Opportunity Corps will be basically a Peace Corps for America with educational and career tracks for young people. A two-year program after high school to, to modeled after, partly modeled after the great German system of apprenticeships. Over 400,000 businesses are involved there. They've got, the, I think, the world-class system for having um, young people after high school getting, getting apprenticeships and getting into, to, to, into, uh, into careers and the trades. That's one. Another one would be a pre-college track because our, uh, be, to kind of learn before you buy, you know, try before you buy, right? Uh, get, get some apprenticeships in, in, in technology fields or, or medicine or some whatever field you want to go to spend money on to go to school because it's hundreds of thousands of dollars a day to go to school. You can't do that. And then go to college and say, I don't like my job. And then start working at Starbucks, right? Yeah. So that's the second thing. The third would be a social good track. And all of this would be a uh, 
funded by private business, a combination of private and, and business and local uh, municipalities. And it would provide a real opportunity for everybody. It'd be a great leveler, no matter where you're from, no matter what background you have, you can get into the Opportunity Corps, serve your country in some civic fashion, as well as get a career track. Everybody I talk to, Democrats, Republicans alike, love it. Hmm. Um, the third thing is I'm going to do produce the Opportunity for All Act. I'm a very rare person. I'll be the very first open gay Republican on the federal level in the history of the United States. Never happened before. Never, never once did a gay, open gay Republican get into Congress. Um, there's been a couple of times they came out after. That doesn't count because they hmm. came in straight. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'll be the first ever, and I'm also a, a faithful Catholic. Uh, don't miss church on Sundays. Uh, my family is very Catholic, and I believe in the faith, and very pro-American and, and Republican. When you put all that together, I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the guy that can figure out how to make gay rights and religious rights work together because I'm a living example of it. So I'll make it happen, Two pe- three pages maximum. <laughs> it's not going to be mine. And I'll do it, and I'll do all those things in the fir- first 100 days, especially if we have a Republican Congress. Without a Republican Congress, the Democrats will fight tooth and nail on every one of these things. Um, but every one of these things, I'm going to get vast majority support of American people regardless of party. So what do you think? I'm going I'm to go there and kick some butt. Um, uh, well, one of the, uh, just to turn away from that for a sec, uh, one of the um, things uh, that is also looming over uh, the presidential uh, election at the moment is the um, Supreme Court is uh, President Trump, uh, Trump nominating a replacement for uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He's going to announce that uh, tomorrow. We're recording on Friday. Going to yeah. announce that on Saturday. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, potential picks? Do you have uh, any names floating about that you think would be a, a good choice? Well, I can tell you one thing. I considered, you know, I thought, well, if I run for, for, for Congress, do I want to think about a Senate run or would I want to work for, for, for the House of Representatives? 100% House of Representatives. I want to serve the people, um, my local people here um, in my sixth district. It's a very different job, really, than running, being in the Senate, um, which I respect immensely, but a very different job. One of my jobs is, as my job is nothing to do with the Supreme Court. That's a thing that the Senate deals with and the president deals with. So, my simple answer to that is that's sort of not my ballywick. That's not in my wheelhouse. So as long as the president follows the constitution that's worked for us for almost 250 years, and then let's stick with the law and follow the constitution. All of the hand wringing by the Democrats is insane because they were talking about four years ago when there was something, you know, where, where we were, where, where Barack Obama didn't get someone confirmed. The difference is that we had the White they had the White House, they didn't have the Senate. And in, throughout history, whenever the president and the Senate are about in the same party, they always get that person approved. Always. So the news is the media is being very coy about this, not comparing apples to apples, because we have the White House and the Senate. We don't have the, the we don't have the uh, the House of Representatives. So the Republicans can do this and they should do this. This is an obligation by the Constitution to do this and to get a vote. He has to do it. And number two. Eight people in the Supreme Court where we know there's a decent chance we're going to go to a, a, a battle over this election because of all the matter, the mail, the, the voter fraud that we know is going to happen with the mail-in ballots. Um, you can't have a chance of a split Supreme Court decision. We will have a constitutional crisis. We need the tiebreaker. So I think when you put it all together, having a woman, um, that, that, that's great. Um, I'm not into identity politics, but I think we do need more representation of women like we do need more representation 
representation of gay people in politics and business owners in politics and even scientists in politics. There's very, very few of them. Um, hence all the stupid decisions by politicians that aren't scientists making de science decisions on the coronavirus. Um, I think it's great that he's picking a woman. And I think the Democrats are already accepting that they're not going to win this battle. We just have to move on. You know, the concern, though, is this is the biggest concern, much, 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 much more so than Trump picking it, this, this, this Ruth Bader uh, Ginsburg uh, successor is the fact that the left has said right now that they want to stuff, they want to pack the Supreme Court, which means even Democrat, most people consider that very unfair. You don't win an election. Now you're going to add judges to get your way. That's never been done in America. That's what banana Republicans do. That's what Chavez did in Venezuela and we took it over and turned it into a communist hellhole. Okay. You, that's a very dangerous thing to be talking about. Killing the filibuster, adding states to the union, making it so that Republicans never win another seat in the history of our country. That's what's going to happen, which means we'll be a one party country, which is definite disaster. It's definite Hugo Chavez, communist China, you know, USSR all over that. And that must be stopped. So people have to be looking at the fact that they, the, the rich, the vitriol, and then they say they're going to burn cities down. They're saying, they, you know, top Democrats are saying we're going to blow up the system and burn it down. We can't let those people get near power. There's no way that people say we don't get our way. We're going to stuff the Supreme Court. We're going to we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to burn the system down. We're going to riot. Those people. That's that's like thuggery. That's 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 like Nazi brown shirts. We can't allow that in our country. So if there's any reason to not vote Democrat, that's that's probably number one. They have to be stopped. They're very dangerous. Uh, we're coming towards the end of the uh, podcast. It's been great to have you on, John. And I've got uh, one final uh, question for you. Uh, now, obviously, because of the um, uh, virus, we've not been able to do uh, a number of uh, things that you know we normally would be able to do in, in more normal times. So my final question to you is, um, because of that, what one thing have you missed doing that normally you would be able to do and, and you're look for, uh, looking forward to being able to, to do again? Wow. Well, I missed, I haven't done a lot of air travel because of all this. I don't want to deal with the headaches and the ma wearing a mask for hours yeah. in your face and sitting through the airports and going through long. I want to be able to travel more. I can say that, you know, the bars have been closed, um, uh, but I'm sitting at my bar at my, my home. I have a nice yeah. big bar. I'm Irish. So we have bars at our houses. <laughs> so I don't miss the bar because I have one. I have a gym in my house, so I don't miss the gym because I have one here. Um, but I miss, I think I miss that because, you know, we've been able to go to church. I've been able to travel to see family. Um, and really I'm just, I'm looking forward uh, to getting back to normal and, and being able to travel, I guess, again. And, uh, and I wish I can go back in time and stop mail-in voting because it's the way the Democrats have rammed this through. It's just going to be replete with, uh, with all kinds of fraud. And, you know, there's going to be all lawsuits and every, everybody that loses their election, they're going to sue no matter which side it's on. I think it was a terrible idea. I think they should cancel the whole idea of voter of, of mail-in voting in our country and say it's out. There's too much. They're already finding fraud and say, just go to the polls. You can go to the pharmacy. You can go to the store. You can go to the bar. You can go buy alcohol. You can go in line and socially distance the mask on and vote. And I think they should just scrap the whole mail-in voting thing because we're going to have a huge crisis in our hands. So I guess I'd say I miss the pre-COVID situation where we can actually have regular voting because I know we're, we're in for a real disaster. So that, that being said, um, I'm really, yeah, that's, I, I appreciate your time. 
And I hope I have a, I'm a very different perspective and a very different candidate probably than most of you, you see in America. I can probably assure you of that. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely think you are, uh, John. Um, if people want to find out more about your uh, campaign, where can, they, where can they go to find out? Sure, you can go to johnpaulmoran.com. That's John Paul, like my favorite pope, John Paul II or John Paul Jones, hero of the Revolutionary War here in America. johnpaulmoran, M-O-R-A-N.com. We can certainly use help. I'm sure your viewers are not here in my backyard, probably many of them. So we need volunteers and we also need donations, but you can't donate if you're from overseas. Uh, but, um, you know, if people want to learn more about my mission, though, I believe my mission of opportunity for all, there should be an opportunity party in every country. Every free country should should have an opportunity party. That's what the mission of government should be. And it's quite the opposite from these globalist, controlitarian, you know, uh, I mean, the globalism and these people that want to enforce leftist ideas and, and socialism and control it's really creepy and it's not Amer- It's not free and it's not opportunity. So I'm hoping the opportunity movement um, wins, wins in the war of, uh, of ideas versus this whole leftist globalist thing that we have to stop around the world, not just in America. Thanks once again for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean and Amazon Music. You can also follow us on Twitter at Debated Podcast, like us on Facebook, Debated Podcast, and if you'd like to get in touch with us, whether about appearing on an episode of the podcast or commenting on an episode that you've listened to, you can do so at thedebatedpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you listen to the next one.